Welcome to the Indigo Tent, Movements and Myths. Humans are designed to move, to stretch, and to carry weight. The brain-muscle connection is an amazing feature that can bring so much joy and sometimes confusion. Have you ever heard, don't do that, you'll hurt your back, or be careful, that repeated action will hurt your knees. Should you ever find yourself in a tree pose, Wendy and I will give you some tips as to what is safe for your body and what is a total misconception that is repeated blindly by most yoga instructors. Join us at the tent as we unpack two very common myths in the world of exercise and mindful movement. Hi, Zella. Welcome to the tent. I'm so glad that I'm here and I'm really looking forward to today's topic because we're going to bust wide open some long-held myths and traditions, right? Absolutely. Motion myths. And, and as you know, on the tent, we talk a lot about movement, emotion, energy in motion, and all of that has to align with the body to be in a good flow. Exactly. So let's, so that's why we're kind of talking about some of these myths where we may not, you know, we may have good intentions for our, our exercise and et cetera, et cetera, but maybe those could be in a better, a better movement alignment. And a better delivery system. So, so what made Wendy and I think about this listeners is that, um, we were talking about, um, yoga specifically when you're in a class sometimes you can have a teacher that's going to call you out because he or she first of all doesn't understand that you don't want to humiliate students um, and so if you do something that feels good for your body type and it goes against what the yoga instructor has in his or her mind as to the perfect alignment then they're going to say oh don't do that that's the worst thing you could ever do for your back or your knees or whatever. And so that's what we want to address today. So Wendy and I had this conversation offline about the fact that in ballroom dancing, we have the element of competition and scoring and yes, and having everything's over the perfect yes. posture, right? Uh, well, then, it doesn't even look perfect. It's just too over stylized. It's another world of its own. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so have we brought that approach into the yoga studio? So just a little bit of background. So yoga was developed thousands and thousands of years ago, but it was really more of a philosophy. It was more of a mindset, and it wasn't so much about the postures that we know today. The postures that you do in a typical class um, downward facing dog or Ardha Mukhanasana that was developed in the last turn of the century predominantly by a man named Krishnamachari and he developed a system of exercise poses that he borrowed from the gym next door that was working with English yes British English soldiers to help condition them and so he was trying to compete with them and come up with a yoga studio experience that would take his tradition and modern day exercise and blend them together. 
And yes. he came up with a, the standard. And then his student, Iyengar, um, was very strict with the alignment of the poses. And most yoga in the United States today can trace its um, tradition and its teaching style back to Iyengar. And Iyengar was a fanatic about alignment. Well, think about alignment from the standpoint yeah. of back then in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, it was mainly for men. <laughs> and the teaching style, the alignment style in yoga was mainly for men. And at that, it was for young men with a certain body type more because Indian people tend, not always, it's a stereotype, but they tend to be on the slimmer side. And so Iyengar came up with this perfect alignment that we're still held to and yet we have all body types and we have all body shapes and we have all body personalities Abilities. so to yes. speak right and and you know to support that and add to that we also have to think that not everyone but in some in some areas of india we have a different they have a different way of sitting they have a different way of standing they have a different way of moving about through their day uh so their body types have adapted to that style of motion where our body types have perhaps maladapted to sitting. sitting all day yeah <laughs> right so we you know you could say that we have a different movement vocabulary oh i like that than than people in other countries you know for example india and now we're we're trying to emulate a movement vocabulary found in one area and adapt it into another movement vocabulary that it, it causes some challenges because right. we're we're trying to move differently than we're used and mis to and misconceptions absolutely i can see that yeah, yeah. speaking of misconceptions yeah <laughs> So this falls under the realm of creativity. Wendy and I are, are dedicated to the idea of the five elements of harmony. And within movement, you have creativity. And I, I would assume that most of you, when you go to any type of an exercise class, it's to get your body in shape, of course. Let me turn my phone off. It's, of course, to get your body in shape. But it's also um, a chance for you to have a creative um moment or or an hour um where you get to move in a way that's different from what you've done all day long and therein you that creativity is where you have release you have stretching you have loading the muscles but you also have body awareness and then that help all of that put together helps create energy and that's what wendy and i are are in favor of and support and want to encourage you to to enjoy your your exercise experience and not be threatened by a teacher that might say oh your alignment isn't perfect and to know how to stand up for yourself and say well this alignment works for this body <laughs> yes. yes indeed it, it is and and to add to that we also look at we have to consider that you know 
energy and emotional energy within our body congregates in different areas. So oh, I love it. we might, we might be sitting on something quite literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> emotionally speaking, that, that we need to allow some movement or some flow to. And so by, by engaging in different styles of movement, we're helping the body be able to move that blocked emotional energy. I love it. Okay, so last week when we when we caught you up on our, our summer shenanigans, um, <laughs> we hinted at the, the fact that we were going to bust some movement myths. So the one we're going to go, we're going to go into bust a move. today. <laughs> bust a move, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that brings back some fun memories. Um, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> My son, Christopher, was is such a good dancer and he would he would bust a move and he would say that and i'd never heard that term before and it made me laugh every time anyway i digress um hey you busted a okay so we're gonna <laughs> i did so so we're gonna look at two po- yoga poses today that can really one is is tied to yoga the tree pose and then the other one is rolling up when you come out of a, a forward fold and that my friends, that movement is found in any type of exercise. But first, let's talk about tree pose. So tree oh, pose, tree. Wendy, will you break that down and just describe what's happening in the hips, especially, before we even get to the knees? Oh, goodness. Okay. Oh, there's so many directions we can go. But essentially, for those of you that either can't see or may not have, have experienced the idea of a tree pose, is that you are you are sending all of your weight onto one leg and, and i'll demonstrate leg... while she's talking oh please thank you well so so you know to break it down even more first you should be there you are in in a what we would call a mountain pose or what i would like to say you know perfect posture and that's perfect posture for your body so that you feel uh, evenly distributed uh, throughout your body, right? Yes, so, so it's like, you know, am I leaning? Am I, was one shoulder higher? Do I have more weight on one side than the other? So, you know, you wanna experience what the body feels like in that, that um, solid foundation. And then from there, you're going to shift all of your weight and energy onto just one leg. And then, as Zella is so wonderfully demonstrating, the idea here is now to open the hip by lifting the one leg up and then turning the knee outward toward the side. Right now, what's the purpose of this pose? Is it to look like a tree? Well, there is something I want to discuss right there because when we cue the tree pose, we say, get grounded, be sturdy, let your limbs flow. But we're describing this perfect tree. And I dare anybody to go out in nature right now and find a perfect tree. Well, it's there aren't any. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, indeedy. So the, the point of it, the point we're making with this, there's two things that we wanted to bring up. 
be sturdy, be grounded in your tree. If you need to hold onto a wall, great, go ahead and do that. But your body is going to, your tree pose is going to be your own unique tree pose because it's your body. And when I go outside and I look at different trees, they might be leaning drastically, but you know what? They're still grounded. They still have a root system and they're still flourishing as a tree. And that's, yeah. that's the point we want to get across. And the they other be, thing we want to talk about is the- They're grounded in their environment. Say that again? They're grounded in their environment. And so I hope you're tuning into that. They're grounded in their environment. And the, the other thing that we want to make sure you understand and, and be careful with this information, if you're listening and then going to a yoga class and doing the tree pose like I'm going to tell you you can do, you're probably going to get called out. And some teacher is going to say, never put your um, resting foot on the standing legs knee because the knee can't handle it. And so let's talk about that, Wendy. Oh, <laughs> shiver me timbers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was funny. <laughs> I know. And so, so it goes back to, again, do, are, are we focused on the mechanics of the, the pose or are we focused on the purpose of the pose? The purpose. And how well, the purpose. But when you, and I'm sorry, not to, not to create any judgment, but when you're yeah. a, a younger teacher, a newer teacher, uh, you perhaps have not had that much time within your own body awareness, your kinesthetic awareness, we call it, to really understand the body motion in space, right? And, and it's like, hey, I'm, I'm in, we're 59, and I'm still figuring out my body in space because every day it's changing. Every day. Every day. So I like to think of it as, all right, so we're trying to create some sense of grounding. So for me, it's very important to visualize that, that like a tree, our energetic roots are coming from our toes or feet down into the floor or, or the ground. And that root system that's underneath the ground is what really is supporting and nourishing the tree. Right. So if we're not equally virtually grounded in that, you know, that's that same way, are we nourishing and supporting ourselves? Are we connected to our roots? then, you know, we're going to be more stable or unstable, sorry. And, and by being that extra grounded, now as, as our body is perhaps like the trunk of the tree, then our arms can be the branches that then can go, hey, I can move, I can be in the wind, I can be blown around and knocked around by life's events or wind or nature, whatever it is, and I am still connected to my roots. So you're empowered is what you're saying. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I love it. We are, we are empowered. Right. And then, um, and you'll probably ad address this even better, but I also want to remind ourselves about, you know, anatomically, we talk about in the, you know, in the pose, like keep your hips level as that other leg is lifting. Mm -hmm. And so 
if, you know, if this is the first few times we've done that, the point is to start experiencing the sense of balancing on one leg while lifting the other. So it's like, okay, I'm removing the weight load on that, that gesturing leg or the, the resting leg. And I'm learning to build some, some of the, uh, uh, build and create awareness and also strengthen the balancing muscles or the stabilizing muscles in our, in our whole hip structure. Exactly. And so right. you can and probably talk to more as, as, as that gets stronger, then we're able to lift our resting leg higher right. because yeah. now we have, you know, we have more stability. Right. And if your resting leg, the foot that is in that, ex, that hip extension, uh, the, the rotation, if, if you need to place it where your knee is on the grounding leg, the standing leg, so be it. That's where it fits. That's where it feels nicely for you. Good thing is your knee can handle it. We have been told for, for 20, 30 years in the yoga world that the knee is an unstable joint. And from the biomechanics that I have been learning from various um, resources, I have come to the conclusion myself after lots of curious questioning. And isn't that what we should always be doing? I love that. Questioning, stay curious, want, you know, I want to learn. You tell me not to do something. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like this little kid in me is saying, yeah, but why? Uh, Tell (laughs) me why. Why? 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 (laughs) Why? So, if the knee is so unstable, then how are we walking all day? How are we walking around? Now, how should are we you, dancing? Uh, how are we playing sports? Yes. How are we skiing? I don't ski very well, but I know that I'm going to stand up and demonstrate. So when you're skiing, you're doing your knees. Am I back far enough? You're doing your knees like this as you're going down the slope. And so if if our knees are so unstable we would have to walk through life like this <laughs> we would yeah we'd have to be on cross country skis all the time <laughs> <laughs> right or not all the time but instead of uh, you know the swivel of downhill so the point there is uh, that occurs to me it's like yes if we've been sitting a long time and we're considered maybe sedentary or in in the case you know a few years ago i had an accumulation of meniscus tears that decided that, okay, I need some attention. Right. And, and so then I, w- I, I ended up being almost sedentary for, for a good year, year and a half. So then now I had to like refine my strength and stability all over again. So, you know, if you're in that situation, then yes, you need to be careful of your knee because it's still gaining some strength. And right. the point of putting stress <laughs> on the muscles and ligaments and tendons is to create a reaction so it does become more strong and more stable and, and, allow, and able to, carry, to take those extra loads of angles. Exactly. Exactly. And... The last thing to say about that is the supporting leg should be doing all of the work. The leg that you're lifting when you come into tree pose, my phone has decided to just start talking to me all of a sudden. Um, 
the leg that you're um I got something to say too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess so um the leg that's in that hip rotation and when you're bringing the knee in that the muscle that should be working on the the so-called resting leg is the quad so it's really not resting all that much right the quad is lifting that leg up and so if you're jamming your foot into your leg whether it's at your calf or at your fle the fleshy part of your thigh you're not the pose is not serving you it's right? still not stable it's yeah. not stable no matter what angle right and so we in the yoga world i've i have noticed this by by this misunderstanding yoga teachers have said to never put your foot on your on your knee of the <laughs> leg then then what they have done is taking out the whole load bearing aspect of the pose itself and that's what exercise should be dear listeners it should be about load bearing because if we're bearing the load we're telling the muscles to wrap tightly around those bones and then the bones feel it and then the bones do their thing and then our bones stay strong structurally and that's how we avoid osteoporosis by loading the muscles weight by bearing the weight right they found that uh weight bearing exercise whether it's you know carrying your own body weight or resistance type training with with manipulative tools such as weight machines or uh, barbells dumbbells whatever that's dumbbells that's, sorry I love that word dumbbells. dumbbells I know who made up that name <laughs> well there should be smart bells smart um. bells <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's like you know when you think like you're you're doing a a resistance exercise, uh, you have maybe a five or 10 pound dumbbell in your hand, and then you're working the biceps in, you know, by, by bending at the elbow, you know, to the shoulder and then straight. I'm trying to speak so that in case you're listening, it, it still creates a vision. And um, yes, you're, you're, you're contracting the bicep muscle and then you're lengthening the bicep muscle, but and then you're the also delta. impacting, oh, sorry. And the delt is still working too. We tend to leave that out. So the bicep's working, but the delt is part of the contraction and Look the release. your bicep, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's like, and there, you know, the muscles are all connected, right? And you're also impacting all the ligaments and tendons around the elbow joint to help that be able to have stability to hold the joint together, right? So same with our leg, we're doing these load bearing exercises to be able to enhance and encourage more stability in the joint, including the knee and the hip. So mm -hmm. by golly, we can stand and walk and sit down a whole lot more gracefully for a lot longer in our life. Right. And ultimately our goal is to stay healthy and to be able to step off of a curb with strength in our legs and our hips so that if we miscalculate the height of that curb, 
our body can roll with it, so to speak, because our muscles and our bones and our ligaments and our joints, everything's strong and yeah. held together with integrity. And, and that is, <clears throat> as a yoga instructor, that is my ultimate goal. I have, I have a lot of private clients I, that range from where I can kick it up and I can kick their butt in yoga, uh, not me. I mean, I'm not saying I'm better than them, it, meaning that I can create a practice where they're going to get a full-blown, almost an Ashtanga type of workout. Um, and then I can, I can pare it way down for the people who need gentle yoga. But both realms are going to get some load-bearing, very specific type of movements yes. So yes. that we can mentally and physically stay, stay strong. Beautifully said. Beautifully <laughs> said. Love it. Yeah. Because, and, and, uh, for us, it's about empowerment. It's about you being the best that you can be. Okay. One more myth real quick that we want to talk about. Do we have time, Wendy? Sure. Okay. That all day. <laughs> Listeners, you may not, but come back. <laughs> So another, another myth that I hear all the time is when you come into a forward fold, and so in oh, yoga, dear. that's called Uttanasana, that in the- Bend over, buddy. <laughs> yeah, a forward fold. I have been told time and time again, and in my yoga training, I have been told this as well, never, never, ever, ever, ever roll up one vertebrae at a time. So I'm going to demonstrate while Wendy talks about what's happening. Funny because every other movement form I've been in, it's always been the emphasis on rolling up one vertebrae at a time. Ay, ay, ay. All right. So from again, that mountain pose or, or position of stability and alignment you fold over and you reach toward the ground. What we're doing here is elongating the hamstring muscles and a little bit of the glute muscles, and then really, really opening those tight areas of the lower back as well, where the back of the hamstrings are kind of attached to your hip area. And this is probably because we sit so much, these are really not, not really exercised much. Uh, okay, so now that you're like in, inverted forever, um, here we we look at what are we engaging as we as we stand back up, and in some in many forms that I've been experiencing, the idea is to engage the core, to engage the thighs, and those stabilizing muscles as you gently roll up. Mm-hmm. One vertebrae at a time. <laughs> yes. Now, do, do I count one vertebrae at a time? No, but I visualize. <laughs> right. You and know, we so do I, that, don't we do rolling up? Don't we do that in Pilates? Yes, in Pilates, in every dance training I've ever done, ballet, jazz, right? There's, there's the concept of you're engaging the core muscles. So that's what's creating the movement. Mm-hmm. And the point there is to strengthen those those muscles. Now, if, if you want to also now um, demonstrate the other way of, of standing up flat-backed. 
So now we're, we're now engaging the lower back muscles to stabilize the body and to pull all the weight of the torso and the head into a standing position. My concern there is that we've, we've left out the, the core muscles in the front, the stabilizing stomach area muscles, abdominals, mm -hmm. and we're putting all the pressure on our lower back. Now, if we have any kind of exactly. back issues, which um, I, I would say at least 50 to 75% of Americans Most do, people do. <laughs> right? then now we're putting more challenge on that, on those muscles in the lower back, and we're still forgetting to engage our stabilizing muscles in the front. Right. I have issues there, but hey. <laughs> so the, the theory that you hear is that if people have any herniated discs in their lower back, that if you're rolling up one vertebrae at a time, that you run the risk of shooting out that gel-like substance that's between the vertebrae. So if you roll up, that the that this herniated disc is now going to shoot out even more of that cushioning yeah. gel, and and it doesn't make any sense. I'm um, sorry. And if I, you've got a herniated disc, you're not going to be folding over either. Right. And so right. that that speaks to lack of modification for what's going on with your own body. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to have to do if you if you are a person who practices yoga. And if that you hear the teacher say, never roll up one vertebrae at a time, and you have to decide, are you willing to be called out in class and then have that discussion later with the teacher and say, explain to me medically why I shouldn't do this. And if they can't explain it to you, if they're just falling back on tradition and something they've heard and they don't have the science behind it, then, then it, then it should be a chance to discover and explore and to also point out to your instructor that you need to do what feels good for your body and yes. your shape and your practice and your ability mm -hmm. and your ability. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's like modify for yourself. Now, granted, if you're a new mover, um, then you may not know what to do to modify, but that's the beauty of our muscles and our nervous system is they're going to tell you real quick what's working and what's not working. Exactly. Very so, so listen to your body. Yes. <laughs> and don't worry about perfect alignment. Just be perfect, enjoy. Be perfect for you. Yes. Just enjoy the creativity of movement and that that's our goal, and that's why we decided to do Movement Mythbusters. <laughs> yes, we did. And let's take it now a step further in that there's other kinds of fluidity or lack of fluidity that maybe we also have some misconceptions about. Uh, maybe we have... Um, the idea that certain emotions shouldn't be allowed to flow, such as, you know, uh, anger, fear, sadness, especially mm -hmm. sadness, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and some of us have a faucet that just turns on randomly. Right. 
Right. And then maybe you're emoting too many emotions and maybe you need to learn how to, to pare it down um, and, and have some self-control and some self-awareness. And um, that's one, one reason why I firmly believe in exercise because you can have a, a horrible day at work and, and then you go to wherever you're able to practice nowadays under the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah measures but um wherever you're able to release some energy you're also going to release emotions indeed and that's so important you know there's the physical benefit of exercise of course but then there's the the emotional benefit of exercise i think we've talked in some other podcasts about how uh, emotions, you know, live in the body chemically, and they're they're transported throughout the body in what we call neurotransmitters, uh, and and you know, not that we're I, I'm not big on terms, but anyway, they're like you know a little bubble of of um, information that's coming from the uh, the brain to other parts of the body. Well, some of these emotions like to, you know, same like same, right? So these emotions like to hang out together in different parts of the body. And when we don't acknowledge them or understand them or find out whatever the message is that they're trying to give us, then they just kind of stagnate. You know, it's like the, the junk that builds up in our house and the dust, you know, it just kind of keeps going and going and going. So then that gets in the way of, fluidity and alignment and inspiration or intuition in the body so it's it's like it's so important to move through those emotions mm -hmm. to get the blood flowing to get the lymphatic system going and to 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 gain the energy that's created on that cellular level give you the that's what gives you the energy to to make it through the day but also to process those emotions as well yes. um, everybody knows you feel better after you exercise I think one of the things that to, to wrap this this segment up is and we will address this in, an, in another podcast but we're so concerned about range of motion and then we're concerned about pain well for instance if you get a leg cramp, I hear this all the time, especially with my elderly patient uh, uh, clients in yoga, they um, chair yoga at a at a assisted living facility. I've I have one lady that she comes periodically, and she, but she will leave at the drop of a hat if she feels any pain, as it, she's not willing to work through it, and that's a mindset, and she has sat sedentary for so long that if she does move a muscle that's not used to it of course that muscle is going to say hello what are wait, you doing wait. <laughs> hello help <laughs> right so pain isn't i mean excruciating stabbing pain that's obviously bad right it's a really strong message <laughs> strong message but if it's just a little hint of pain it's just your muscles saying oh okay all right yeah we need to move this feels unfamiliar yeah. but but work through that and decide is it excruciating is it 
I need to stop. I'm about to. It's life-threatening. <laughs> yeah, or it's exactly. Hear the message of the pain. Right. <laughs> Hear the message of the pain. I love that. <laughs> All right. So, listeners, we've unpacked two myths that um, that hopefully will help you in in your movement throughout life, not just in a yoga class or a Pilates class. But um, our ultimate goal is to help you to be your higher self and to move through life with grace and fluidity. That's our goal. That's it Beautifully right there. Said. Indeed. Yes. And we have some tools that have helped us approach or attempt to do that. And we'd like to share them with you. Now, also listeners, we hope you've enjoyed a couple of our little movement myths today. And we would love to hear from you what some of your questions are. You know, are you, have you heard some, some, some of these thou shalts in movement <laughs> that maybe you wonder about or you're questioning or is it a myth or is it real or what is the, the higher purpose behind whatever caution that they're giving you. Please uh, add, add those to ask us those questions. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll conquer some more myths as we move along. Indeed, we will. All right. So we hope you have a beautiful day and a beautiful week. And we'll see you next time in the tent. Yes. All right. Bye. bye, -bye. We hope you've been uplifted by this episode. Please help us uplift others by sharing, subscribing, and reviewing our show. Join in on the conversation by adding your insights and transformations in the comments section. See you next time.